Hey everyone, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench. Today, we're gonna spend the bulk of my podcast talking about the incredible implications of the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. All right, you guys, so wow, we've got a lot to talk about on the heels of the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Uh, The the Supreme Court is giving back the United States a pulse right now. I can actually feel a faint pulse for freedom here in the U.S. of A. And as we spend the next couple of minutes talking, I hope that you will, uh, will take the time to really pray for the justices, for the Supreme Court justices. Uh, We're watching the Biden administration absolutely unwilling to say that it's wrong for people to protest outside their houses. We've seen people like Justice Kavanaugh have his life openly threatened. But the Democrats who have just a disdain for life and are hell bent on promoting abortion can't seem to get it through their head. And so uh, I'm excited today to talk about this issue. And I'm going to end this with a list of the organizations and the companies that are now going to subsidize abortion every time you spend your money there. They're going to go ahead and send that money right on over to help women fly to states that are pro-abortion to take the lives of their unborn children. So we've got a lot of things to talk about. Let's go ahead and start with the news. So you guys saw that this uh, came through on Friday, right? I will remember where I was when that came down. I'm going to remember where I was standing in in my uh, bedroom. I'm going to remember how it made me feel. I literally just uh, fell to the floor and just wept over the answer to prayer that this ruling was. Uh, The fact is, babies' lives are going to be saved by this ruling. And women are going to be valued again in this country. And we've been talking for a long time now about women's rights and uh, ERA. And and uh, and of course, you know, I believe in the rights of women. I believe in the rights of human beings. I believe in the rights of men. What I don't believe in is the right of a woman to take the life of her unborn baby. And we've got, we've had an incredible victory on Friday when the Supreme Court uh, reversed Roe v. Wade, this terrible decision that should never have been made 50 years ago. Abortion was legalized in 1973 federally all across the country. And so I want to talk for a few minutes today about what it means now that they reversed this decision and what it doesn't mean. So first of all, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, what it did was it immediately kicked this decision back to the state. It did not make abortion illegal. I'm going to say that again. When Roe v. Wade was overturned on Friday, it did not make abortion illegal. What it did was it said, this is an issue for the states. This is a state's rights issue. And we've uh, spent a lot of time here talking about uh, the 10th Amendment and why it's so important that we understand. This is why I wish that our schools would get back to teaching the Constitution so that our students would have an understanding, a basic understanding of what it means to uh, to interpret the law constitutionally. The law, of course, the, the the Constitution, the highest law in the land. This is what the federal government, this is what SCOTUS is supposed to do. They're not supposed to be a legislative branch of our government. They are supposed to interpret the law. And the reserve powers, this is what it means. Reserve powers are powers that are not granted to the federal government in the Constitution. And thus, they are reserved to the states. This is what the 10th Amendment says. So powers that are not specifically granted to the federal government in the Constitution, and this includes abortion. It also includes uh, gay marriage. And you're going to see that very quickly, I think, 
those those issues are going to come before the federal government. The federal government should not be in the position of taking rights away from the states. We want to keep these decisions as close to the people as we possibly can keep them. And anytime the federal government puts its hands in things, we have less control, less authority. We, our voices are not heard. And so what SCOTUS said was, this is a state's rights issue under the 10th Amendment because the, this, the, the Constitution does not expressly grant the permission of abortion in the Constitution. It is therefore a state's rights issue. So they did not reverse Roe v. Wade on an issue of morality. Now, if you were going to ask me, I have all kinds of moral issues, you know, massive moral problems with a mother taking the life of her unborn child. I don't know if you guys have ever uh, watched an abortion, but it's an egregious thing to watch. It is brutal. It is wicked. It is evil and it is wrong. But this is not why the Supreme Court decided to uh, to reverse Roe. They decided to reverse it based on the rule of law and based on the Constitution. And that is what needed to happen uh, all along, right? So this should never have gone to this to the Supreme Court in the first place. And in 1973, when they ruled on it, they they had it was an egregious overreach, and they acted more like a legislative body than a judicial body. And so now we're watching the states are going to kick it in and they are going to decide uh, if in their state they want abortion to be legal or if they want it to be illegal. And right now there are 13 states in the country that are poised to enact immediate abortion laws. And in fact, I have a friend who lives in Missouri and she called me the other day to say that immediately uh, when this happened, it became illegal in the state of Missouri and the abortion appointments in the state of Missouri were canceled that day. You guys, babies are going to live because of this. And mothers are going to get the help they need. No no woman, no mother should live with the pain and grief of abortion. And we have an opportunity now to create a culture of life, to stand in defense for these, these women who many of them feel like abortion is their only answer. And I believe that there are at least 13 that will make it probably instantly illegal. And according to Fox News, another 13, probably in the next couple of days, at least 13 uh, states in the country have so-called trigger laws banning most abortions, and this takes effect immediately or within weeks of Roe v. Wade being overturned. According to the Guttmacher Institute, which is a pro-abortion rights research group, those states are Arkansas, Idaho, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wyoming, which just passed its trigger law back in April. So a relatively new thing. So there are also five additional states, and those are Alabama, Arizona, Michigan, West Virginia, and Wisconsin, that still have abortion bans on the books from before Roe v. Wade that will now go into effect since the 1973 landmark law is no longer in place. And uh, you're going to see some of the states are going to scream back against this uh, one of those states being Wisconsin, their governor there, Gretchen Whitmer, you guys will remember her from Lerona. She was terrible when it came to Lerona, terrible when it came to COVID. And she, of course, filed a lawsuit immediately. Uh, she actually, she did it back in April, asking the Michigan Supreme Court to stop the enforcement of the state's 1931 abortion ban. Same thing's happening in Wisconsin. Their governor, Tony Evers, is calling for a repeal of an 1849 state law that makes abortion a felony. Uh, and so, as you guys have seen, turning uh, overturning Roe v. Wade is causing at least 18 states to ban most abortions almost immediately. 
And this is an incredible thing. Four additional states, Georgia, Iowa, Ohio, and South Carolina, all have laws banning abortions after the six-week mark, which we previously ruled unconstitutional, but these are going to be revisited now that Roe has been overturned. Uh, In addition, Florida, Indiana, Montana, and Nebraska appear likely, based on current legislative efforts, to move to ban or severely restrict abortions now that Roe has been overturned. Unfortunately, abortion access is expected to continue and probably even expand in places like where I live, California, Oregon. Uh, you know, our governor, the ridiculous Jay Inslee, is saying that we, we're going to help people that want to come here and be a sanctuary state. Uh, this is an opportunity for us right now to stand for life, to engage in these conversations about when human life begins and why it's so important that we protect it. Uh, this happened, I thought, so interesting. Yesterday, a judge now has blocked uh, the Louisiana abortion law, the trigger law, from taking effect. So you're going to start to see this now play out in the courts. A judge in Louisiana temporarily blocked three state laws that would virtually ban all abortions on Monday. The abortion bans were set to take effect when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, of course, which it did on Friday. Several states across the country have enacted similar laws. And you're going to start to see this happen more and more and more. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about two more really important Supreme Court rulings that just happened in the last couple of days. And we're going to end today giving you a list of all the organizations and companies that are now going to be subsidizing abortions. We'll be right back. Mike Lindell and MyPillow are offering a buy one, get one extravaganza on multiple MyPillow products. This offer is good on MyPillow bedsheets, Giza Elegance MyPillows, the six-piece towel sets, roll and go anywhere MyPillows, and so much more. Just go to the radio listener special page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Heidi or call 1-800-447-0541. So like I was saying before the break, it's been an amazing week for freedom here in the United States. I think I said at the opening of the show today, I can almost hear a faint pulse in the United States again for freedom and for liberty. And uh, that started actually on Thursday when the Supreme Court issued another 6-3 decision and expanded gun rights for the first time in more than a decade. Uh, The majority opinion in this case was issued by Justice Clarence Thomas, which by the way, if you guys haven't watched uh, his documentary called Created Equal, you've got to, it's amazing. You'll be glad that you did. Just interesting to see where he came from. But he held that New York's, quote, proper clause requirement for obtaining a concealed carry license violated the the Constitution because, quote, it prevents law-abiding citizens with ordinary self-defense needs from exercising their right to keep and bear arms. So New York's restrictions, which were enacted more than 100 years ago, required those who wish to carry a concealed weapon for self-defense to show, quote, proper cause rather than have a presumption of the right to carry. Similar laws exist in Massachusetts, Hawaii, New Jersey, Maryland, and California, where this ruling is going to have a huge ripple effect. So that was exciting. Justice, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts and uh, Samuel Lito, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett joined the majority with, of course, Justices Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan dissenting. So uh, this is exciting. The constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense is not a second-class right subject to an entirely different body of rules than other than the Bill of Rights guarantees. Justice Thomas wrote in the opinion, quote, the exercise of other constitutional rights does not require individuals to demonstrate to government officers some special need 
The Second Amendment right to carry arms in public for self-defense is no different. New York's proper clause requirement violates the 14th Amendment by preventing law-abiding citizens with ordinary self-defense needs from exercising their right to keep and bear arms in public. This was a tremendous victory for the Second Amendment in this country and a tremendous victory for uh, ordinary law-abiding citizens. You guys have heard me talk about this many times here at the show. We need to understand the Constitution. And just like we need to understand that the Supreme Court did not make its decision based on morality, it made its decision based on the 10th Amendment, this decision also based on the Second Amendment. The Founding Fathers were very well aware of the issues that we would face in this country with regard to self-defense. They came from a tyrannical government. And as we look around the country right now, uh, we are rapidly descending into moral anarchy and into moral chaos. I just watched a video uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, of a guy who was gassing up in uh, a regular town, a suburb of Philadelphia, broad daylight, a main street, when he was viciously attacked and beaten, savagely beaten by three men who then uh, took his car. And so the police officer that posted it said, hey, listen, you guys, uh, don't get on your phones while you're gassing up your cars anymore because no one's coming to help you. Don't get on your phones. Be aware of your surroundings at all times. Uh, carry a weapon so that you can defend yourself if you need to. And be aware that uh, the world that we live in has suddenly changed. Why has it changed? Because the Democrats, that's why. Because the Democrats are in authority right now because of this ridiculous ideology that we're seeing that devalues human life from the unborn to our young people, of which we are terribly lying to them in this whole transgender argument. All this stuff is coming from the far, far left. And we need to be very careful reminding you today that the answer to this is never going to be more federal government overreach. It will always be better for us if we can have these conversations at the state level. And frankly, I hope that what's happened with Roe v. Wade will invigorate the conversation again. So many of our legislators, the state legislators especially, have just been, you know, pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off because, well, that's Roe v. Wade and there's no point in even talking about it. Well, now Roe v. Wade is in the ash heap of history and we can again have these conversations at the state level where they should have been all along. One more case that I want to talk about today in the in the just few minutes that I have left here, because this was another one that I was like, ooh, this is great. It's kind of like Christmas, you know, uh, was this uh, the ruling that co that Coach Joe from Bremerton actually had a constitutional right to pray on a football field. So you guys, some of you will remember this. I live here in Washington State, as you know. This case is years old, but <clears throat> the enemies of Coach Joe are leftists. And PJ Media reported leftist enemies of the First Amendment guarantee every individual's right, uh, freedom of religious expression and practice should read today's landmark ruling decision upholding Coach Joe Kennedy as a warning shot to cease and desist. And if you doubt it, read the first paragraph of Justice Neil Gorsuch's majority opinion in which he brings together in one succinct statement the tyranny and inherent uh, inherent in the left's profoundly flawed view of the First Amendment's Establishment Clause and the obvious common sense understanding that the Constitution means what it says. Quote, and this is uh, Neil Gorsuch for the majority, Joseph Kennedy lost his job as a high school football coach because he knelt at midfield after games to offer quiet prayers of thanks. Mr. Kennedy prayed during a period when school employees were free to speak with a friend 
call for a reservation at a restaurant, check email, or attend to other personal matters. He offered his prayers quietly while his students were otherwise occupied. Still, the Bremerton District disciplined him anyway. It did so because it thought anything less could lead a reasonable observer to conclude mistakenly that it endorsed Mr. Kennedy's religious beliefs. That reasoning was misguided. Both the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect expression like Mr. Kennedy's. Nor does a proper understanding of the Amendment's Establishment Clause require the government to single out private religious speech for special disfavor. The Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and and suppression for religious and non-religious views alike. And a little further on in the decision, the court's conservative majority pointed out that, quote, respect for religious expressions is indispensable to life in a free and diverse republic. Whether those expressions take place in the sanctuary or on a field, and whether they manifest through spoken word or a bowed head. Here, a government entity sought to punish an individual for engaging in a brief, quiet, personal religious observance, doubly protected by the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment. And the only meaningful justification the government offered for its reprisal rested on a mistaken view that it had a duty to ferret out and suppress religious observances, even as it allows comparable secular speech. The Constitution neither mandates nor tolerates that kind of discrimination. This is an amazing, amazing moment in the United States as we are watching for the first time in decades the Supreme Court rightly filtering every decision through the lens of the United States Constitution. I want to encourage you guys, get to know the Constitution, become a Constitution coach. You can join my friend Rick Green. He's going to come back on the show with me in a couple of days. And we're going to talk about why it's so important that we understand the Constitution. I think a large part of the reason that we're in the situation that we're in right now is because so many of us don't understand how our system of government works. And so this is a thrilling time for freedom. I'm very excited about it. And today I'm going to end just reading you a list of the organizations that if you patronize them, you will be subsidizing abortion. So this list can be found at PJ Media. And I'm going to read to you a little bit about what they said, and then I'm going to read this list to you. After the Dobbs decision, companies are in a lather to promote abortion. And consequently, there's an an employee abortion travel premium built into their pricing. Here at PJ Media, we offer quality reporting that you can use. And so if you are averse to subsidizing abortion tourism, uh, then this is an alphabetical list that you can read before you decide where to spend your hard-earned money. All right, here we go, you guys. These are the organizations and the businesses that are going to pay women to take the lives of their own babies by flying them to abortion-friendly states. Number one, and this makes me sad, Airbnb. Well, there you go. Airbnb first offered explicit support to abortion-minded employees last September. It also took the extra step of offering to help Airbnb hosts fight legal problems resulting from breaking the Texas heartbeat law. And it offers up to 20 days of paid bereavement for pregnancy loss, even if it is elective. Shocking. That's shocking to me. Again, uh, that's Airbnb. Amazon's going to cover up to $4,000 for its employees' travel expenses to go get an abortion. Uh, Amalgated Bank, they're going to pay for airfare, gasoline, hotels, meals, childcare, 
for employees and dependents to get, quote, reproductive health care. The bank also launched an abortion travel fundraiser called Critical Reproductive Access Fund. Listen, you guys, this is nothing more than a uh, very misguided and wicked response on the part of these companies. Because really, let's look at it. Let's look at it the way that it actually is. It's much cheaper for them to pay their employees to go and take the lives of their unborn children than add them to their healthcare roles and add them to the insurance companies. So if you if you want to know well, where this is coming from, it's all about money. It's all about money and selfishness. Apple, reliably liberal. Box.com, same as Apple. Bumble. Bumble is a women-founded, women-led. And from day one, they say, they've stood up for the most vulnerable. Uh, they said this in a breathtaking failure of self-awareness. The dating company set up an employee abortion expense fund in response to Texas's heartbeat bill because nothing says romance like consequence-free animalistic dating. Uh, Kobani, ah, isn't that the yogurt company? They're going to cover travel, uh, hotels, childcare, as well as the abortion itself. Citigroup, naturally. Comcast, NBC, naturally. Uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, naturally. Disney, of course, in its quest to become the least wholesome place on earth. DoorDash, uh, Goldman Sachs, wow. Uh, Interpublic Group, J.P. Morgan Chase. Kroger, that makes me sad. Levi, uh, Lyft, come on, Lyft. MasterCard, Match Group, which is, of course, another dating app. Meta, another word for Facebook. Microsoft, Netflix, Nike, Patagonia. They're going to pay all of your abortion-related travel expenses. And they will also post bail for employees who get arrested while protesting. Do not shop at Patagonia, for goodness sake. Power Home Remodeling. Reddit, they're going to pay you a travel stipend and grant unlimited paid time off for abortion jaunts. Salesforce, this is a software company uh, that's offered to relocate workers and their families who want to immigrate from Texas or any other state that gave them concerns about access to reproductive health care. Starbucks, naturally. Tesla, sad. Uber, United Talent Agencies, who's surprised by that? That's Hollywood. Yelp, that makes me sad. But eventually, you guys, I used to be, uh, one of Yelp's biggest um, reviewers. I loved doing that until they started asking me if the uh, if the bathrooms were transgender friendly, and that was it for me. I don't I don't use uh, I don't I don't participate with Yelp anymore. And then finally, and naturally, Zillow, the real estate shopping site, reimburses employees up to seven thousand five hundred dollars to get an abortion or gender bending treatments. There was one that was really crazy. If I can find it on this list again. Um, Netflix will reimburse you for healthcare, including abortion and gender flimflammery, up to $10,000 lifetime total per employee. That's kind of crazy. There's one though that will cover up to three abortions a year. Where is it? Three abortions a year. Oh, here we go. Comcast reimburses up to $4,000 per trip, up to three per year with an annual cap of $10,000. So this covers all medical procedures, by the way, not just abortions. So if someone's having three a year, oof, boy, we got issues. Anyway, that's the list. I hope that guys, I hope that helps you guys determine who you want to support and who you don't want to support. We can actually make a difference in this country. Now is the time to get behind uh, these pregnancy resource centers, any organization that is committed to helping both a mother 
and her unborn child. We never want to sacrifice one to save the other. And now is an opportunity for us to really foster a culture of life. I appreciate you guys listening so much uh, and uh, continue to pray for uh, the ministry here. The Homeschool Resource Center is obviously on a quick summer break and we're cleaning things up and gearing back up again to start in September. But we are excited about the possibility of seeing good legislators. You guys, we need to send godly people to represent us at our state houses, in our school boards, at the White House, all across this great land. I am praying that God's people would get off the bench and onto the battlefield and engage the culture from a position of strength and faith. Hope you guys have a great day. We've got more decisions coming down from the Supreme Court. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about tomorrow. In the meantime, love your families well. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.